What makes life good? Science and your life experience remind you that the greatest happiness this world has to offer comes from loving relationships. Welcome to the Help for Loving Relationships podcast. Here we focus on strengthening our marriages and our families, as well as your connection to friends and community. Our host, Shane Adamson, is a therapist who has had a front row seat to what builds loving relationships, as well as what hurts relationships. Please welcome your host, Shane Adamson. Welcome to the Help for Loving Relationship show. This is Shane Adamson, and this will be my final recording for 2023, and I'm hoping you all are enjoying your holiday season. And with the holiday season, sometimes there's some complexity to loving relationships, whether that be with friends or family. So this first part of the episode, I'm going to give you seven tips based on personal experiences, friends, clients, and just reading a lot on relationships and how it can be extra stressful and delicate during the holidays. So after that, if you came here to just learn more about what's going to happen in 2024, you can fast forward past these seven tips, and I'm going to just touch base on some of the exciting developments um, for the podcast and the vision and episode topics and guests uh, at the second part of this podcast. So um, I do want to say that probably an overarching idea for enjoying the holidays is being able to say no to some unnecessary commitments because we're already overscheduled. And if you really want some measure of peace and relaxation, you're going to have to carve out some time on the weekends and not just schedule yourself with back-to-back socials. So that's difficult to do, but I think it's important. And, uh, Now I'm going to go into the seven tips, which are under the category of boundaries and being proactive to help things go right when you're with friends and family. Um, One couple, they mentioned that they needed to identify their why they were traveling and get real detailed about that. So an example, before booking their tickets, They would think about, well, the grandparents are this age, and I think that they may only have a year or two left before they could be placed in nursing care, and so going to the family home with the grandparents is a priority. Or it could be something similar, but it could be an extended family, like a sibling who went through some adversity, and you can tell they just need some support. And as you talk through where you're going to go, you probably want to talk through the number of days you plan on staying, the accommodations, the budget that you have. And if you do want some personal time, so it's not just extended family, you and your spouse need to talk through those details so that you're not kind of day by day just making changes and plans, which could create some, some tension if you're not on the same page. So I call this travel with a purpose and a plan. (laughs) Okay, number two. Um, This was another podcast that I was listening to. I believe it was Jeff Stewart. And on this podcast, he mentioned that 
one of the parents that would visit, the first two to three days were very pleasant. And it just seemed like day four and five, one or both of the parents were just a little more irritable and there was a tension in the air. And so they decided to just have a, an honest conversation and try to, in a spirit of curiosity, it wasn't really a confrontation. It was just, hey, we're noticing this pattern in the last two Christmases in a row that the first two to three days are pretty pleasant and with a lot of laughter and connection. And then day three and four, there's a little more irritability and you might have to give an example or two. And so from that discussion, you may decide hey, we're just going to keep these family trips to two to three days. Or it could be the parent could have a blind spot and say, I will work on that irritability. Uh, Let's try it one more year. If it is an issue, then I'm okay to shorten it. So those are some ways that you could kind of navigate the length of time that feels right for you. Um, Number three is another example of boundaries. And it's kind of topics that are, I call them raw spot topics. Perhaps you got sideways with one of your siblings in the past year, and suddenly right just before you're about to eat, they approach you and they want to talk about how they felt wronged or offended. It's probably best to say, hey, could we save this conversation for after the holidays? And this way you don't have to engage in something that creates tension just before a holiday meal or some time together. It may also be um, just say no to certain topics if politics or religion comes up. And in the past, that's created some argumentative tension. You could just say, hey, could we stay off of um, these topics? And it's okay to do that. And then the last kind of boundary is sometimes setting a boundary with yourself. I'm (laughs) victim of this particular uh, issue where family's coming for three to four days and I start looking at places to visit, whether it be restaurants or an exhibit or a movie. And then the house, we're going to eat this food and we're going to play these games. And you know what? Um... I need to be really careful and not overschedule these kind of things and check in with my family and say, here's some options. How much downtime do you want? How much of these activities do you have interest in doing? That way I don't have dashed expectations when they leave and we only did one or two of the four or five things. So those are some examples of boundaries. Number three, um, now I'm switching over to number four. Sometimes in the family, it's usually a a set of grandparents might have more financial security than the other grandparents, and so they have the financial means to pay for the family to come out, sometimes even the lodging, and you really need to be careful in your communications with this parent who is basically um, being generous with their um, finances. This happened in our family and what I wish I had done, and this was with my mother-in-law, Barbara, said, hey, Barbara, um, I do want to spend a little bit of time with my mother and my sister, who's 15 minutes away in a neighboring town. Are you okay with this? Because if I don't have that conversation and get that green light, she's pretty much under the impression since she paid for the vacation, she owns our time 
and pretty much every day from sunup to sundown would be spent with her. And it's just a setup. And so I either need to pay for half of those flights, you know, either on the way over or back so that I can have 50% of the time or negotiate something that's a win-win agreement or else you can have some issue with someone's got, I call it strings attached with this financial gift of generosity that it may not always be a grandparent. It could be an aunt or an uncle or a sibling who's financially secure. Just have that conversation um, before you travel if if some money is being contributed to your family um, getting to a certain place. All right, this next category, number five, is substance abuse situation. <laughs> I had a client who they knew that the this was the daughter. Um, her mother had got a divorce, and the stepdad, so her new husband, was a pot smoker. And this family was pretty rigid about that, not being in their house, and I think there was one time that they were staying there and they smoked pot. So they kind of gave him a pass and a warning and just said, hey, if you really want to do that, you just can't do it in our house, go to a park or out of view of our kids. And uh, lo and behold, within the next year, when the parents um, were coming, actually, so this isn't the parents that were staying with them. This would be the daughter and her husband coming home from the grocery store and walking down the hallway. There was a strong aroma of marijuana smoke coming from under the door into the hallway. They talked about it, stayed unified, and that they were going to set a boundary that in the future they would need to find other accommodations. Now, the daughter was kind of sad because she knew that her mom struggled with financial security, and this may result in less frequent visits because they don't get the free room and board, but they did break that boundary. And so you just have to be clear if it's your house and you're hosting, what's okay and what's not okay. And that could be around alcohol use or any number of substances. That leads to a very common one around the holidays, which would be what do you do when a friend or a family member drinks too much. This can be so tricky because many, um, I want, don't just want to throw around the word alcoholic. Let's just say an overdrinker. An overdrinker is often in denial about their level of impairment. And they actually believe that drinking takes the edge off. They're funnier, more socially outgoing. But the sad reality is that most family and friends who hear this person talking, they're usually really loud. They might be interrupting others. They might be spilling things or kind of taking a little fall because of their level of impairment. And so there's so many ways you can try to approach this. You can be proactive before they come to have a conversation about that. Sometimes even with that, it doesn't stop or prevent it. So that might re- require an, a post-conversation about where where their blind spots were and some of the embarrassing things said or done just to help them wake up to themselves that they're not more socially outgoing and funnier <laughs> when they're on alcohol and that's a blind spot that they have. Okay, I'm going to go over to six. I'm calling this it's not just about you. Every 
um, family who travels have different budgets. Some can afford a, a hotel or an Airbnb. Some people who travel or who, who are hosting are on a much tighter budget, but they still value family togetherness. And so if you are traveling and you have limited means, you need to um, basically be okay with sleeping on a, a blow-up mattress or a couch. There might be some time waiting to get into a bathroom to take a shower and just not get too um, reactive or angry about it's just not going to be the, the typical conveniences you have in your your home. And if there are some specific dietary needs or sleeping accommodations, you could request those things in advance and hopefully the person hosting you, the family or friend, can accommodate you if you, you ask for those things. Uh, the last idea I'm going to um, share is called just prioritize connection with your loved ones. And I'll just share this recent Thanksgiving. Um, we were all together as a family, and so I have three children. And um, after we had gotten back from lunch, all, everybody went on to devices. I, too, was on my iPad playing a game, and then I realized we paid a lot of money for airfare for us to all to be together, and we don't really connect like in this way except a couple times a year so I put my iPad down and I just waited for the first of my kiddos to kind of break away from their device and I engaged them in conversation and it ended up being conversation about funny memories and prior vacations or reunions and this sibling also had a memory to chime in on and lo and behold each of my kiddos gradually put down their devices to contribute to the um, storytelling. And so just know that this is a delicate topic because a lot of the younger generation just, it's like second nature to go onto devices and entertain themselves. But you can be a leader and come up with some creative ways to make sure there's time to focus on family and hear what's going on in one another's lives so you can be more supportive and so keep that in mind to prioritize connection and loved ones. Okay, we've finished that in under 15 minutes. So this next section is really about what I have planned for 2024. I had a mastermind brainstorming session with a small group of colleagues to identify topics and guests for 2024. I've decided that um, I'm going to do one solo episode per month on a topic that I feel I have some specialty or interest in as it relates to loving relationships. And then I'm going to bring on a guest uh, once per month. That's my goal. And the topics for 2024 are going to align with my primary specialties where I've spent a lot of my clinical practice. And I feel I have some depth and knowledge and competency in these areas. One of these is marriage. Uh, I've seem like half of my caseload are couples and some like half of them are just working on marriage enrichment. Maybe they rate their marriage a five, six or seven out of 10 and they want it to be an eight or a nine. And we go to work to try to help them enjoy more connection, better communication. The other group of couples have dealt with some type of major um, incident. It could be affair or infidelity 
some problematic sexual behavior that's discovered. And so I, I do have some skill sets in those categories. So we'll probably have some, some uh, podcast episodes on those. I also have, uh, from 28 years of counseling, developed specialties in mental health, particularly in the areas of depression, anxiety, and addiction. And as I've worked a lot with addiction specifically, I've come to learn that underlying a lot of addictions is usually some unresolved trauma. And so I invested a few thousand to get trained in the Finding Peace model. And when you Google trauma therapy, you'll hear things like EMDR, eye movement, uh, desensitization um, therapy. Then there's also like S somatic experience practitioner, SCP. That's kind of how the body stores trauma. And there's a num number of other cognitive behavioral approaches to treating trauma in addition to EMDR and the somatic experience. I feel like Troy Love has integrated some of the best practices um, from EMDR, SCP, and other um, best practices of trauma treatment. And so I'll do an episode on how to heal trauma. I do believe that when you have trauma, you have some complex, toxic shame messages about yourself around these traumas. And my goal through an episode would help you to develop a more resilient response to the traumas of your life rather than being burdened down by these, these traumas. I also um, have about 15 years experience working mostly with men who have problematic sexual behavior. And this can be problematic pornography use all the way to secret acting out behaviors in a massage parlor with escorts. And this behavior is discovered. And typically the spouse f has a strong reaction of betrayal and anger and hurt. And it's quite a process to stabilize the couple relationship, get to the underlying issues that led to the problematic sexual behavior, and the betrayal, trauma, healing, and recovery. So there's three recoveries there, his recovery, her recovery, and the couple recovery. And I've been in that niche for, like I said, 15 years. So I'll probably have an episode on what are some of the common reasons a relapse happens and how can you strengthen your recovery to reduce or prevent future relapses? Um, since I mentioned betrayal trauma, I went to some advanced training. It's called APSATS. And um, I learned this multidimensional model for betrayal trauma recovery and healing. And I just, I feel like um, being more partner sensitive and making sense of some of that trauma reactive behavior that happens when when a spouse is triggered. In addition to the betrayal trauma recovery training, I came across Esther Perel's um, work on healing after an affair. She has this four-stage process, and she, her process really helps a couple to get both insight and healing from the affair. And so I'll probably do something on some of the best practices of, of affair recovery um, using Esther Perel's work. It'd be awesome to get her on my show. She's just a pretty big name, and I'm, 
if someone knows someone that knows her, uh, please reach out and let me know because I'd love to get it from the horse's mouth, so to say. Finally, um, we will bring on everyday heroes. So this is just could be a couple that's been married for 50 years. It could be um, anyone like a coach or a teacher, a fireman, someone that we admire that have something helpful to share about positive relationships or even loving yourself. So, hey, I kept this episode under 25 minutes. So I'm really excited for 2024. each year we're getting more and more downloads and uh, I haven't done a significant amount of promotion um, for the podcast and I might get a little more into that for 2024 but for now thanks for being a listener and uh, we'll we'll see you in 2024.